you believe in this thing or not. Today is December 11th, and we have gone from collective excitement back to collective anxiety as we await the outcome of the Yankees meeting with Japanese star Yoshinobu Yamamoto. In this episode, we'll talk about his potential contract, plus backup plans for the rotation. We'll also take a look at the Yankees' payroll and the best spot for Juan Soto in the Yankees' lineup. This is NYY Recaps. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. Just when they thought I was out, they pull me back in. All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to NYY Recaps. I just realized that I recorded that intro about 30 seconds before the news about the trade between the Yankees and Dodgers broke. Uh, So we will get into talking about that trade uh, a little bit more. Javier Amasola says, Otani, a legend already. He's been in the league, what, six years, and he's already figured out how to evade taxes. Attaway, boy. Attaway. So, uh, the word on everybody's lips over the next few days is going to be Yamamoto. Uh, whether or not he's going to be a New York Yankee, William M. says Moto will be in pinstripes. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Let's talk about it. Uh, I think it's worth having the conversation. Yankees met with Yoshinobu Yamamoto today in Los Angeles. um, And the Mets went to meet him in Japan, which, you know, they they went the extra mile. Now, now the Yankees did go to Japan, too. They saw his no-hitter. And I've got a little bit of anxiety about you know, his decision. Apparently the meeting went well. The comments afterwards were that the Yankees still feel as if they're in a strong position. And again, I still have anxiety. I don't think this is a slam dunk by any means. Yes. The Yankees have the historical prestige on their side and they have some great recruitment ambassadors in Hideki Matsui and Masahiro Tanaka. But you can't tell me that Shohei Otani has not been sending this kid messages. Been like, hey, I deferred some money so you could join. Wouldn't you like to join one of the best offenses in Major League Baseball? Wouldn't you want to know what it's like to pitch with that behind you? Three potential thousand OPS guys in Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani? I got to say. It would be fun to pitch in front of that. And by the way, Mark Feinsand reported, and we mentioned this earlier around six o'clock, that uh, Otani is deferring $68 million per year of his $78 million salary. So he's effectively playing for $2 million for each of the next 10 years. And then he's going to make $68 million a year after he is gone from the. Los Angeles Dodgers, or at least done with that contract. And that's what we meant. He's not going to be in California, presumably. He's probably going to go back to Japan, which means he can collect that $68 million tax-free. And that's what we were getting at with the the joke here. Uh, And I'm not sure why sound effects aren't working. 
That's hot. Anyway. Um, so mad props to Shohei Otani, proving that he cares about winning enough to defer 97% of his salary. But second of all, the Dodgers still need pitching. And this allows them to pay Yamamoto, you know, top of the market prices and still maintain, uh, you know, a moderate, I mean, it's going to be high, but not an overwhelming payroll. And if they sign Otani and Yamamoto, not only do they win the offseason from a team building standpoint, but from an investment and business standpoint as well. And then there's Steve Cohen. Does anyone think that Steve Cohen is not going to make the highest offer? I mean, this guy, he went above and beyond for Verlander and for Scherzer. He's already proven he will shatter any threshold that is necessary. Now, Dan O'Dowd of MLB Network was on foul territory today, and he told us that his agent, uh, the same one that Brian Cashman offended, Joel Wolf, uh, basically doesn't always go for the highest amount of money, but usually the best fit for the player. Uh, he likes to put his players in a position to succeed. So that's good to hear. Hard to imagine that neither the Yankees nor the Dodgers are going to be in the playoffs in the next seven, eight years, which is going to be the minimum length of this contract, by the way. Uh, and it, it's all going to come down to what he wants his legacy to be. So let's just hope and pray that the Yankees got enough to get it done. Mike Smith says, any ideas on when he'll make a decision? You know as much as I do, buddy. You hear people saying, oh, maybe this week, maybe next week. Nobody knows other than Yamamoto. Nobody knew when Shohei was going to make his decision. It's really going to come down to when he feels comfortable, and I don't think he could feel comfortable until he's met with everybody that he wants to meet with. So stay tuned on that front. We're going to find out, and that's going to unload the floodgates on the rest of the pitching, whether it's Jordan Montgomery, whether it's Corbin Burns, Blake Snell, yada, yada, yada. So we'll talk about all of that. Edwin NG says Yamamoto will go to the Yankees, Mets, or Dodgers. I hardly agree. All right. It's what it is. What it is. Take a couple comments. Nettie says Yamamoto wants the Yanks. I guess we're, we're going to find out soon, won't we? And then Bernie says, do they have a backup plan if they don't get Yamamoto? That's actually the title of C-Block tonight, my third topic. Uh, topic number two tonight is the trade that we had today. We had a five-minute chat about the Dodgers trade this morning, and I've been looking at footage and staring at stats for the last couple of hours as I worked on this podcast. And I'm convinced that this is going to be one of the typical Brian Cashman moves, one of the sleek, slick, like when he got Loisaga for nothing, like when he got Luke Voigt for nothing. Now, I know that Trey Sweeney is a number one draft pick for the Yankees, but I feel like this is going to be a low-key win of a trade for the Yankees. So nice job for Brian Cashman. You son of a bitch. And yes, Trey Sweeney is a tough prospect to trade, 
But Yorbit Vivas uh, not only has a very fun name to say, but I think he's the key to this trade for me. Uh, Victor Gonzalez is a lefty with a three-quarters arm angle. He gets a lot of soft contact, a lot of ground balls, which is very important. I think if you pair him up with Matt Blake, the Yankees pitching coach, who I feel is one of the best pitching coaches in the league, he might become a diamond in the rough. But we have got to talk about this guy, Yorbit Vivas. He has a ton of bat speed. And the comparison might scare some of you because this guy didn't have necessarily the greatest tenure with the Yankees. But when I see him, his swing reminds me a little bit of Rugnet Odor. But from what I can tell from his minor league numbers, he strikes out way less than Odor did. He walks a lot. He's a much more selective hitter than most Yankees prospects. And the fact that he walked 69 times and struck out 71 times and hit 28 doubles and scored 98 runs in the minor leagues, that is damn good for a 22-year-old. He's got some opposite field pop. He takes a full cut. And he has got some hand speed. I am very excited about this kid. Uh, Something we know the Yankees want to do is reduce the amount of strikeouts. And seeing them trade for more guys who have that bat-to-ball skills, in addition to Verdugo and Soto, this team should make a lot more contact next season. And I am here for it. He'll turn 23 years old in March. Don't be shocked if you see him in the major leagues at some point this season. To me, he is a legitimate prospect, which is good because we traded a former number one draft pick to get him. Uh, Let's take some comments here. Uh, CWE says Yankees in the driver's seat for Yamamoto. I hope so. And then Lori C says John Sterling, Yorbit, puts this one into orbit. <laughs> I love it. I said the same thing on Jack Curry's uh, uh, profile when he tweeted it. Um, yeah, I, it can't. I mean, it writes itself, right? These these type of rhyming home run calls. Uh, you know, Martian hits one to Mars. You know, it doesn't rhyme, but it, it makes a lot of natural sense. My favorite Martian. Anyways, um, so I, I like what we're seeing from these guys. The Yankees picked up. To me, Gonzalez is going to fit in nicely as uh, you know a middle relief guy. Lefty, the Yankees right now don't have a lefty because Wandy Peralta is still a free agent. And I could see this guy getting uh, a lot of work this year. And that's all I have to say about that. All right, so with the Yankees getting Juan Soto, even though he is a one-year rental as of now, and continuing to be in pursuit of Yamamoto and possibly other Japanese pitchers like Shota Imanaga, Imanaga, I think that's how you say it, Imanaga, um, WNBC. The Yankees have shown for sure they are all in this year. They are going for it. Will they overtake the Orioles? they got a long way to go. They were, I believe, 17 games behind the Orioles. So maybe, maybe not. Orioles are a very good team. But if the Yankees can build an outstanding rotation, they can get to the playoffs. And in, in the playoffs, a great rotation combined with you know, the level of offense that Judge and Soto and maybe one more guy can give you. Look, the Yankees could do some damage. 
and they could match up very well against the Orioles. So let's talk about some of the backup options in case the Yankees don't get Yamamoto. Now, uh, Jack Curry said that um, he doesn't think they have enough to get Burns. I do think the Yankees have enough to get Corbin Burns. They would have to dig, dig into the minor leagues. You'd have to trade somebody like a Roderick Arias. You might even have to trade somebody like a Jason Dominguez. I don't want to do that. But I think there is enough, quite frankly, to get Corbin Burns. You guys know that uh, Jordan Montgomery is a personal favorite of mine. I was uh, president of the uh, Jordan Montgomery uh, Gumby Nation uh, fan club. And if the Yankees have $300 million allotted for Yamamoto, or close to it, and they don't get him, well, then they're going to pay somebody. Jordan Montgomery could get 180 over seven years. That's why he's waiting to sign. That's why all these guys, these pitchers, are waiting to sign. They want to see what Yamamoto gets, and that will set the market. Montgomery might get 180, 185 million easy. Might get 200 if teams are desperate enough. Do I think he's a 200 million dollar pitcher? Probably not. But pitching is important, and he's durable, and he's made over 30 starts each of the last few years. So we'll see. Um, you know, another option, Frankie Montas. Jack Curry does say that Frankie Montas is a possibility. A reunion could happen. The only reason that I would be against it, other than the fact that I'm wary of guys with uh, shoulder injuries, is that it would mess up my five Yankees who won't be back prediction video. But seriously, folks, uh, I've seen a lot of people say Blake Snell. I somehow doubt the Yankees would go there. My issue is that he throws five to six innings every game because he's at 100 plus pitches, 15, 16 outs. That wears out your bullpen, man. And in an age where you need that bullpen being strong going into the playoffs. Also, deep counts, long, stressful innings with guys on base because of walks, stressful pitches that causes pitchers to break down. Personally, if I were the Yankees, I would stay the heck away from Blake Snell and let somebody else pay for the surgery when he is 33 years old and in early decline when he's 34 or 35 years old. No way I'm giving that guy a big contract. If he wants to come for one year, sure. And one guy that I don't really count as a backup option, but I would like to remind people about is Luis Heal. He could be a cheap option for the back of the rotation since he's basically a rookie. He's only pitched in seven games in his career, all starts. 43 strikeouts in 33 and a third innings pitch, 3.78 ERA. Jim Sherlock says, do you think Yamamoto is a Yankee, a Dodger, or a Met? Right now I'm leaning towards Yankee because of the pitch. The uh, you know, First of all, Matsui is like Michael Jordan in Japan. And if you're a basketball player coming from Japan and Michael Jordan says, hey, I want you to play for the Bulls, you're probably going to give it some serious consideration. It's the same analogy. You know, carry on the legacy of Japan athletes going to play for the Yankees. And it's not just Tanaka and Matsui. They've had Ichiro. They had Hiroki Kuroda, who pitched very well with the Yankees. They had Arabu. Not quite as good. (laughs) But Luis Hill is somebody who has great stuff. Command has not always been there. Uh, He is coming back from Tommy John surgery. I think he's definitely going to be on the Yankees pitching staff next season. It's just a matter of whether or not he's a number five starter or he pitches out of the bullpen. 
Based on the injury history of both Nestor Cortez and Carlos Rodon, especially last year, both those guys, multiple IL trips, back injuries, shoulder injuries, it's a good idea to hang on to Luis Heel to step into the rotation. Young arm just came back from surgery. A lot of life in that arm can probably give you a lot of innings. I still think the Yankees need that number two pitcher that they thought Carlos Rodon was supposed to be, and I think Yamamoto is that guy. So let's hope that the Yankees can make it happen. <laughs> Yu Shen Lin says, You forgot Ki Igawa. Not so much forgot Ki Igawa as I blocked him from my memory. <laughs> Tommy Higgs says, Rather Imanaga over Monty and Snell. I think... Imanaga has some good stuff, but I believe he threw 150-some-odd innings last year, so that's not really a huge amount. And coming from Japan, where you pitch once a week, it kind of scares me to have a guy who didn't throw a lot of innings and doesn't pitch, you know, every day or, you know, on the regular schedule. I feel like he would end up being a 130-inning pitcher, which, oof, not really enough. William M. says, Cole will be lights out as well in 2020. Four. I agree. <laughs> Dr. Hitskin says Clayton Beater also came from the Dodgers via trade. Another dark horse prediction. I hardly agree. All right. Let me know in the comments who you want for the rotation if the Yankees don't get Yamamoto. Let's take a couple voicemails. First up is... John from Jersey. Hey, Derek. It's John from Jersey. Long-time listener, viewer, whatever. I was just reflecting on the season, getting ready to watch your All-In episode, and I was thinking, you know, I'm kind of grateful that everything fell apart in 23 because, hear me out, let's say Donaldson, Stanton have bounce-back years and Judge and Rizzo don't get hurt. We probably take Toronto's spot and get past the Twins maybe even beat the Astros. And then Cashman says, oh, we're right there. We're one piece away. So if that bad luck doesn't happen, maybe we're not all in. So, All right, I appreciate it, John. Uh, this team has been missing lefties for years, and I am 100% in agreement that we need the balance. I think it's time. I think it's long past time. I hardly agree. Angel says that Will Warren could be a surprise for the rotation. Chase Hampton, another guy who's making waves. I like these guys who come up from out of nowhere and uh, and have success. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and then we got another voicemail here from Pauly. Yeah, hi, Derek. Uh, Pauly B. out in Long Island, New York. Uh, first, let me just say you're probably one of the best content creators on YouTube. You're very polished, easy to listen to, even when you're mad and cursing and ranting. Uh, I like the Verdugo trade. Uh, I've noticed that uh, we we definitely need a left-handed hitter, Um, and we need. uh, And I've seen him in his interactions with the outfield, especially the bleacher creatures. Uh, He's smiling, gives it right back to him, and he's played well against the Yankees. So uh, I appreciate that, Paulie. Uh, Let's get a uh, clap for. Paulie B. Out in Long Island. So Verdugo doesn't seem like somebody who's going to be scared of New York, but all I can say is he better hustle 
uh, or else he is going to hear it. So thank you for the call. And let's get to the final topic I want to talk about tonight, which is the lineup. So last but not least, if you've been living in a cave, uh, the Yankees got Juan Soto. I know. I still can't believe that I'm saying those words. Uh, It's gotten me more pumped for the baseball season than I've been in a long time. But the Yankees got to make sure that they use him correctly. I've seen a lot of different takes on how people are planning to put him in the lineup on opening day. So I wanted to offer a few possibilities of how we could maximize Juan Soto's effectiveness. Now, one thing I tried to do was go righty-lefty, righty-lefty. That's something that a lot of great teams do. A lot of the great Yankees teams have done in the past. So in configuration A, we have Glaber Torres leading off, Juan Soto batting second, Judge batting third, Rizzo batting fourth, and then Stanton batting fifth. Now, this is contingent on Rizzo and Stanton being worth a damn this year, which is not a guarantee by any means. But uh, righty-lefty, righty-lefty, if those guys can bounce back, Rizzo, I think, has more of a chance of bouncing back than Stanton. But apparently Stanton is dropping some weight, trying to get more flexible. We've heard all that shit before. Yoga this, and oh, you won't believe how flexible I am, and yada, yada, yada. Don't talk about it. Fucking be about it. I want to see it this year. Uh, Configuration B, DJ LeMahieu leading off. Sounds like the Yankees are planning to have him be the everyday third baseman to start the season. I still don't know if he's an everyday player all year long because he's broken down numerous times in recent years, was healthy most part last year, but did not have a great year. Was better in the second half. I could see them going this direction when they want to give Glaber Torres a day off or when DJ's on a hot streak, which you know is coming. You know he'll have a hot streak at some point. Configuration C is my least favorite. You got Alex Verdugo in the leadoff spot, Judge in the number two spot, and Soto in the number three spot, followed by Torres and Rizzo. Now, Torres, I think, actually works good as a cleanup hitter behind uh, you know, Soto and Judge, but I like having Soto hit in front of Judge. I want Soto's on-base percentage in front of Aaron Judge just as a science experiment, for crying out loud. I want to see how many RBIs it's possible to have in a single baseball season. I need to know this. I need this information. And to see it, we've got to have Soto batting in front of Aaron Judge. we got to have them both stay healthy the entire year. I'm not that worried about Soto. He's always healthy. He's in a contract year. Judge, you know, as long as he doesn't run into walls or anything. Um, you know, last year he was fairly careful other than running into that wall. But if the Yankees had any kind of offense at all, that game wouldn't have been as tight as it was, and he might not have needed to run into that wall. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. But right now, configuration A is the way I would go. Drop Verdugo into the number six spot after Giancarlo Stanton, and that's a pretty lethal top six if everybody's hitting. And ladies and gentlemen, in the spirit of the season, let's put a bow on it. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. I gotta get out of here! William M. says, Stanton should have been gone two years ago. A lot of people feel that way. Game over, man. Game over. Tommy Toon says, I never liked Judge batting second. Soto should be in front of Judge, so A or B. And I agree 100%. You son of a bitch. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call it a night. Let's hope that next time we connect, Yamamoto is a Yankee. I'll see you next time. Oh!